Welcome back to another episode of the AYA Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host, Jarrett, and I'm joined once again by Jack. And if you remember the second episode with Christian, we've got Christian back on here. Um, it's been a while, but uh, been meaning to get him on here sooner and uh, just never got around to it. Um, but finally, uh, last week after we did the one with uh, Jack's girlfriend and his dad, um, <clears throat> Christian basically said, podcast was fire, get me back on there or I'm going to kill you. He didn't actually say that, but um, made it known that he was ready to do another one. So with the weather, it's real rainy and nasty. Didn't really try to find anybody to do one. Um, and I knew he was willing, so we got together last night and talked about it and got together today. So um, it's good to have you back on there. Thanks for having me back on here. Hopefully, we won't have to do this one twice. Yes, I think I've got it down pat to where I don't have to. Um, I don't have to re <laughs> re record podcasts and stuff. Um, I should be uh, should be good and just first time, first go around, we're good. So, um, but yeah, uh, I know that uh, we've kind of got some catching up to do on your hunting. Um, Christian does not archery hunt, um, but he does gun hunt a lot. So um the little bit of gun season the four days that he's been able to hunt so far um if you're not familiar with how florida works on hunting seasons um, basically it comes in gun season on thanksgiving and then it goes out the sunday after so you have four days to hunt um, and then it goes out for two weeks unless you muzzleloader hunt there's a week of muzzleloader season i believe and it's uh this coming up week so monday or actually it might have been today that it started i can't remember if it's saturday through friday or how it works but basically you get a week of muzzleloader if you muzzleloader hunt and then on the 9th so normally it's the second saturday of december it comes back in um, as well as duck season they run on the same schedule pretty much besides duck season opens the weekend before thanksgiving just like every just about everywhere else so um christian had four days to hunt hard um me and jack have kind of already filled y'all in on our hunting um and kind of what's been going on with us um unfortunately <clears throat> i don't think jack was able to really hunt as much around thanksgiving as he wanted to just with uh, family stuff girlfriend stuff you know the usual uh more important things in life and uh two not really able to hunt good winds around here because florida has the worst winds in the world so uh you get <laughs> at the base of the tree it's a north you get up in the tree stand it's a south so um but yeah if you want to fill us in on your uh hunting endeavors for the four day season was in already so pretty much all four days of morning and afternoon time it all went the same i started got in the stand before daylight mm. then uh opening morning i saw some activity uh Just nothing, nothing you want to shoot no there's no, nothing nothing came out on weekend that i was willing to shoot um I saw the same three doe every single day, morning and afternoon. But uh, where I'm sitting, there's a uh, tripod ladder stand at both ends. Mm. I'm hunting the end closest to the creek. And I'm facing east from where I'm sitting. Mm. So every morning and afternoon, they come in from the east. They come in. They mosey around, eat some corn for a little bit. Then they go over and they see Dad. Dad's sitting about 200 yards away. Another, His food plot's way bigger. Mine's probably 
hundred feet wide, a couple hundred feet long. Mm-hmm. Then they go meander over to him for a little bit. Me and him text him back and forth. I said, "Hey, you got three coming to you." Mm-hmm. And then he'd be like, "Yep, they're right there." But saw the same ones every day. Came from the same place, went back the same way. But I was two two babies from this year. They were real red, and then mm. one that was a little more gray. But they weren't very big. Yeah. So it's not not worth the. I get not worth it to me to shoot them. That little and yeah, because I'm mainly doing it for the meat. So it's got to be worth it to me. Yeah. Yeah, that and you you don't know what those can turn into. You know, if they're does, they could produce a really nice buck when they start breeding, and then if it's a you know just turns into a trophy doe for you to take you know get a lot of meat there you go i will say the last one that i killed uh the saturday after thanksgiving it's on the youtube channel um that one had the most fat and it wasn't even my biggest doe by a long shot it was probably and anybody listening to this lives up north you're probably gonna laugh but it was probably 90 pounds it was a solid doe. It was bigger of the two that come out. You can see it in my video. You'll hear me say that. 90 pounds, the biggest doe I've ever killed. And these are not dressed. These are with guts. So just for anybody that, you know, field dresses. I live so close to the house, I don't have to do that. Not dressed. You live so close to the house. I mean, I hunt so close <laughs> to the house. My bad. I hunt so close to the house that I, can, I, it, I don't need to gut them transportation's easy just call me and larry yeah call him and larry to drag my deer out you know just because <laughs> i'm the only one that can kill him apparently so um but i uh that one was that one was probably 85 90 pounds probably about that give or take but anyway when you get a scale so we can be more accurate with our judgments yeah because we're probably way off but because <laughs> yeah. it could be like 125 pounds and we're like Oh yeah, it was, it was 100 pounds. You know, 95, 100 pounds, something like that. And then it's you know 134 pounds. Yeah, I think you would know 134 pound doe down here. That would be a stud. Yeah. Oh yeah, goat would be dragging a ground. But uh, anyway, 90 something pounds probably. And when I tell you, I had to cut fat off of the back strap, so I cut the back strap out. There was a whole fat cap from the spine and one about halfway down her stomach. Solid white. I've never seen that before on a deer. And I don't know if it's just because her diet's different than all the other ones. It comes or, with age. Yeah, if she was just that old, you know. Um, but like I said, the biggest one I've ever killed is 115. And that was probably 10 years ago. But no, nah, maybe not that many, like seven probably. But that big of a doe didn't even have that much fat. So I don't know what it was, but she had a lot of fat on like and not good fat not like fat you'd mix in with your meat like need to cut it out but um no it was it was covered so i know exactly what you mean though like i i always if a little one comes out i can't say i've never killed a yearling you know um a 60 pound doe you know i have and last the, year's or the year before yeah like the one like the ones you can load by yourself you know they don't have spots but the ones you can load by yourself and uh you know but if if multiple come out i really try to take my time to decipher okay which one's the biggest and which one's the oldest normally those go hand in hand but if there's one that's like on the down downhill 
side of her life and she's losing weight you can see her hips you can see bone i normally take her just to take the old one out and let the you know even though there's one bigger if she's a couple years younger i'll let her roll and take out the oldest one but normally i just size i'll watch them and pick them out i, I remember vividly uh the one of the farthest shots i've ever taken on a on a deer it was like 310 and it's in a hay field that my cousin owns and me and a guy um very good family friend of ours were hunting it and i was late i can't remember if i got off school or was doing something and i uh slipped in there with him and he was scoped in on a deer but we're so far away that like it doesn't matter that i'm just walking in and he's like hey get down i'm about to shoot this deer it's 405 yards i was like damn okay Pow! we looked we were pretty sure we saw her laying there whatever that was like early that was probably like 315 320 about 4 30 4 45 right there in that sweet spot i think we had like seven or eight deer in the plot and i'd picked one out that i was gonna take and uh i was sitting there and i was scoped on her and uh i was just sitting there sitting there sitting there sitting there and about the time I'm like, all right, ready, we're going to take this one. I don't think anymore's coming. Another one walked out, and as soon as she got out of the woods, the guy I was with was like, that's the biggest deer in that field right now. Get on her. And uh, so we swapped over to it. And that's just one of those things. Like, you, you always want to try to pick the biggest one, you know. But um, it doesn't always work out. Sometimes you got to take a little one. But sometimes you just got to. You just take what you can get yep now y'all don't run any cameras do y'all or do y'all well this year well dad quit running the camera because he's like i got all these deer on camera all these bucks on camera and then when i go hunt i don't see any of them yeah it just makes you mad he's like, it just makes me angry mm -hmm. so he quit running the camera about two or three years ago mm. but I, I was running one last year dude i had like 10 different bucks on camera yep everything that everything from like little four points to i had an eight point with a third main beam. Damn. Is that the one you showed me? Yeah. And then a massive, real tall antler, six foot. Mm. Never saw them. But uh, this year, I haven't had any luck with the camera at all. That's how we've all been going. Everyone had bucks last year, and this year, I've got one decent seven point that I haven't seen since the middle of bow season. And I know no one's, no one's took him because he's... I don't want to be political, but the next door neighbor is a liberal and they don't believe in hunting. So, um, in front of my house to the right in the pond in the bottom. Um, haven't seen him since the middle of bow season. And, uh, I've got a camera out now and I haven't checked it yet. So I have no idea what I've got coming in. You know, I could, it could be anything. And I'm getting to the point now where, you know, kind of like your dad, see all these bucks on camera and they're all nocturnal because it's so hot. Mm -hmm. They don't like oh, yeah. to come out in the daytime. And then one day, you know. They'll he'll, slip he'll, in there when you're not there? He'll pop in, he'll pop his head in, broad daylight, and you ain't there. Mm -hmm. i tell you what makes me mad is I've, <clears throat> this year I got some uh, Tacticam reveals, the cell cam, so they send me pictures. And I'll have good wind for either stand and uh, the two that I have those cameras on. And I'll have deer moving <clears throat> all week in both of them. 
and I would be like, all right, which one do I want to go to? Which one's the wind actually better for? Which one has more corn in it? Which one, you know, whatever. And I'll pick it and I'll go sit there. And about the time deer start moving, notification, camera on the other spot will be going off. And I'm like, man, so then the next day I'll hunt over there. Well, it'll be the vice versa. And I told my boss that, and uh, he was like, he was like, man, he said, best advice I can give you is just go with your gut. Hunt where you think the best opportunity is and don't check those cameras. Don't look at them. Don't check the notification, whatever. He was like, because that's all you're going to do is play a cat and mouse game and do a little run around the whole time. And uh, so I kind of started doing that. I just went with my gut, and I felt like the the ridge top spot, if you keep up with any of my YouTube videos or whatever, um, I've talked about it a couple times, and um, that's my spot with the blind. And I just felt like it was going to happen first there. And sure enough, that's where I killed my, my one with the bow. Um, and uh, unfortunately had a hellacious drag out of there. I didn't, but somebody did. Jack and Larry. Yeah, it was a that was a drag. Uh, Only because it was a lot of uphill all and throw uphill. some thick stuff. Yeah. There was no flat ground. Except for where she died. That was it. <laughs> yeah, no, I haven't had luck with the cameras this year. I put them out preseason i was getting pictures season starts i mean i hadn't had anything on camera i checked my camera i put one out wouldn't get any pictures so dad was like what the heck so he went and put another camera out right hung it right above mine mm. neither one of them brand new batteries in both of them brand new cards from the store i mean these cameras aren't but a year old and i got nothing so when we checked them Last weekend, mm. like uh, Saturday, I said to heck with it. I just took them down. They still don't have any pictures? No. Is it on just a food plot or a corn pile? Or? Yeah, it's on corn. Is the corn gone? Yeah. It? Yeah, I can go out there. I put corn out yesterday. I'm probably go back now. Oh, it's yeah. gone. Something's wrong with that camera. Yeah. Something's not Definitely right. Definitely something's two, wrong. Two cameras? Yeah, that is kind of odd that you had two of them, but, I mean, something's going on. So, I just said, I'll fool it next year. I'll get cell cams. And yeah. Honestly, it. like cell cams are great and I like mine, but the convenience of where I hunt being right around the house and I can just go pull cards real quick and it doesn't disturb the deer because they're used to us anyway is nice. But the cell cameras at the same time for the, yes, they technically cost more and they cost you every month to run, but it's $10 a month for the first camera and then like eight fifty for the rest of them after that for unlimited pictures every month. So... But I don't, this and it, t- it tells you when the batteries are low through your phone. Like, I got to go change batteries on one of mine now. So, I'm a little thrown off this season. I'm not hunting in the same spot as last year yeah. where I had all those bucks on camera. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're really not that far from it. I'm just a, I'm just like maybe, maybe 500 yards. Yeah. Are you just across the creek. behind Popos? Yeah, it's down here, yeah. down at my grandparents' house. Yeah. But I'm a couple hundred yards from my last spot, which is on the other side of the creek. Mm well, this year I'm on the opposite side over there where Dad hunts, and it's got me thrown off because I was planning on hunting the same spot as last year, and I kind of got kicked out of that spot mm. without anyone asking me. Mm. I'm a little angry about it, and they're using my feeder. I know where I'd be peeing every time I had to pee. So <laughs> me and Dad are both angry about it, but yeah, I, it's not my property. So yeah, yeah. And they and they cut my feeder, so I'm a little angry about that they too. Cut the it? holes at the bottom, they cut them bigger. 
I didn't want it bigger. Hmm. And I cut it. What kind of feeder is it? Just like it's a, a piece of 10 inch pipe. It, it's yeah, a 10 inch okay. PVC with pipe with two discs. One on the bottom that's like concave towards the ground. So like the rounded side is on top. Yeah. And then three or four uh, triangle, probably like two inch wide holes. Four of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's just got the same thing on the top hmm. as the lid. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and they welded two pieces of angle iron to the bottom of it so it doesn't slide off. Oh, gotcha. Courtesy of my grandfather. Yeah. He built it back that. in 1461. Yeah. <laughs> BC. <laughs> <laughs> but no. But uh, they shot at one on opening day. Six point. With a 243. Shot that, at? Shot at. With a 243 that probably hasn't been shot in God knows when. So it's probably not on site. Scope's off, probably. But uh, my uncle and cousin are hunting there. And it just... Mm. So they shot at a six-point opening day. And swear, swear to God they hit it. Well, after me and dad finally get down, I go over there. Just see what's up. They're asking if we shot because, man, it sounded like everyone. It sounded like World War Three going on around us. Everybody was shooting. <laughs> it did. Opening day. When I was uh, opening day of gun season, it was there was just firing off going everywhere. But I go over there. I look around. I'm like, where was it when you shot it? About right here. About right here. Do you not remember where you shot the deer yeah. at? So we look around. I'm looking. I don't see any hair. I don't see any blood. Mm-hmm. And this, where they're, where they're hunting, it's fenced in completely. So yeah. I walked around the whole entire fence line looking for where it jumped over. PSA, not a high fence. No, it's a cattle bar, fence. Barbed wire fence. Five foot. Oh, it's not even a five foot cattle fence. It's just, just barbed wire fence. It's like okay. four strand barbed wire fence. Yeah. Just so nobody's, oh, they're hunting a high fence. No, we're not hunting high fence. No, we ain't got that kind of money, people. There's a couple of them around here, but no, there we're is, not. But. <laughs> not hunting there. I look around. I don't see any blood. We walk through the thick uh, brush between the two parts of the field. Nothing. So, And plus, I'm already angry because I should have been hunting there. Yep. So I just, I left them to it. I never found it. And... Just personal preference. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hunt with two forty three. I've. I ain't gonna knock it too a, bad. We've killed many a deer with two forty three. Yes. But personal I preference. I'm, I'm. I've killed a pile of deer with my old two forty three. A pile of same. But my first I mean, deer I, I, was two forty three. But before. a, a two forty three, not if, placed right. You're gonna I, lose a deer nine out of ten times. A vital shot. Yeah. You you're just wasting you, your time. You gut punch it or like brisket. scrape along, brisket, any of that. You'll kill it probably, but you're probably not going to find it. Just because it doesn't open anything up as much, so you're not getting a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. Whereas like like I shoot a 25-06, which is still a smaller caliber. Like it's a like – the bullet size is a little bit smaller, but when it hits, it opens up a hole on the backside. You know, I think those deer I shot, both I, I gut shot both of them, and uh, not meaning to. It was kind of a crappy situation both both times. But say what you're gonna say over. Jared's always talking about how good of a shot he is. Hey, they both died. 
He did. He did get them. He did so, kill both yeah. of them. I'll give him that. But every time we talk about how guns, many, every time we talk about this year, I ain't even had a chance to shoot at one yet. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. But every time you talk about guns, I mean, I could hit a, I could hit a bottle cap at a thousand yards. I, I'd take that bet. I'd take the bet I could hit it before y'all could. I don't know if you want to take that bet. I'll well, take, uh, well, I would depends, take it. Depends on what we're shooting with. Oh, we're not shooting with no iron sight, Mosagon, you, or whatever. You're not shooting what I'm shooting. No, no absolutely okay. not. Yeah, we're shooting. Bef- you know, after the, the modern eight, 18th age. century guns, we're shooting in the modern know? age. Okay, we're not, we're not loading a ball in the end and pushing Look, it down. I don't down. muzzle load, but I do hunt with <laughs> with older stuff. Yeah, but no, I, uh, I uh, like the first one. Um, the one I killed on Saturday that's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. That one, uh, when I shot her, she was about like 190, I'll say, and uh. You can see it in the video. Like when I asked my nephew that's filming, I'm like, "Hey, you on her?" He's like, "Yep." I was like, "All right," and you can hear me like kind of get ready. And as soon as I'm about to shoot, she starts walking, so I'm following her for about a split second. It wasn't long. Feels like an eternity, yeah. though. And I'm I'm following her, and uh, and we're back. Had to take a phone call real quick, but yeah. Anyway, so the doe started walking. I was following her. Shot. You can see it in the video. She hits the fence because she tries to jump it and just can't make it. Cuts back around and runs 70 yards and falls over. And uh, me and my nephew and dad and other nephew walk up to it and we're looking. And I shot her probably, if you put a perfect square right behind her shoulder of the perfect spot to shoot, I was an inch and a half behind it. I was at the front of the guts, you know. And uh, I told myself, I was like, you know, I, I normally don't like i one don't like them running i'd rather them just drop but don't we all yeah and i a lot of people won't do this i shoot them right in the shoulder i center mass it in the shoulder i don't care if i mess up the little bit of meat that's on that shoulder you know our deer is so small down here you're not getting a lot off the shoulder anyway um but yeah i shot her and it was a little bit back and uh luckily i mean it, it was good enough that it it killed her i think it was high liver uh front gut and it might have got a piece of her lung i doubt it um but i mean she didn't go far so um but yeah it's just one of those things she started walking and you know i and i will say i've shot them square in the shoulder i mean a perfect shot and they will run 100 yards deer are resilient you know but it's uh it's always good to make a clean ethical shot if you can but you know, and that's why I started hunting with a seven mag there for a little bit, which is a big gun for our deer down here. You know, but um, I, I I feel like caliber and stuff is real all personal preference, whatever you're comfortable with. You know, kids, if a kid's hunting with a two forty three, that's probably the best gun a kid can hunt with. Oh yeah. You know, hardly any kick. It's not crazy loud. Because um, I don't I don't hunt with hearing protection. I would recommend it, but I just don't do it. You know. It's just a inconvenience for me, and you know, whenever you're hunting, I like to be able to hear everything around me, especially because I archery hunt a lot, so I'm used to deer coming in close. Um, not like you're gonna hear a deer walking in from 200 yards away, but I still like to be able to hear my surroundings, and uh, just hearing protection does not allow you to do that. You know, that's what it's there for. And uh, 
But, you know, kids, two forty three is probably the best gun you can shoot. Or for Jack, you know, he's got to shoot a baby gun, too. You know, yeah. So. Yeah. Itty, itty bitty. I'm a frail guy. That little frame he's got. Yeah. I blow him to the back of the shooting house. Bam. <laughs> but speaking of guns, you want to tell us what you've been working on today and for the last month? So I went and got me a Savage Axis uh, 300 Blackout bolt action. Uh... I think it's got like a 20-inch barrel on it. Super short gun. It's a shorty. <laughs> uh, you know, surprisingly, it's actually super quiet for 150-grain bullet. You know, my 270s shooting a 130-grain bullet, and it's got way more crack behind it, you know. Oh, yeah. When we when we killed that deer, was that last year? Yeah. Last year, and he popped off that 270. We were in the shooting house, and I mean, half of his gun's out the window. And I'm sitting there filming it with my phone. So I'm not even out, like, up close. I'm, like, kind of set back. And he cracked that sucker off. I couldn't hear out of my left ear oh, for it shook, it shook that. a minute, two minutes. It shook that shooting house. Yeah, it was loud. <laughs> and speaking of the sound that comes off after you fire, uh, when they shot that out of that six-point, I was pretty sure they didn't hit it. Because mm. normally whenever you, you shoot and you hit, you don't hear the – You can hear that I mean, pop. you hear the pop, and then yeah. you don't hear the – Boom, boom yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Well, yeah. I heard the woo afterwards. I'm like, I don't think they yeah. hit it. Continue. Um, I ordered a extended bolt handle. Kind of like best look I can describe for it is like a old style frag grenade. Is what the handle looks like. It's got the real obviously skinny. Yeah, you you know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, it's about an inch longer, and I got a fluted bolt sleeve, nice and shiny chrome, and uh, I ordered a trigger for it, 12-ounce trigger. So, so it is going to drop it, and it's going to go off. It is going to be really hot. You, sl- you slam the bolt close too fast, and it's going to throw it, throw it in the passenger seat of the truck, is going to go off. Yeah. Um, I don't think he's going to hunt with it, like shoot it with that low. <laughs> I oh, I will. I will bottom it out. And it's it's 300 blackout, right? It is 300 blackout. That's what I shot that deer with last year. Yeah. But that was, you had an AR, right? Yeah, I had an AR, yeah. which I don't have that anymore because it pissed me off. Got rid of it? Yeah, I got rid of it. Yeah. Christian, if you remember the second episode, if you haven't listened to the second episode, go back and listen to it now because we talked a lot about his old guns and how he does not like new guns. Well, not I like new them. guns. He hates them. He's lying right now. I like them. Well, I don't dislike them. Yeah. I don't hate on them. I just like what I like. Yeah. It's like <coughs> like uh, the weekend before opening season or opening day, yeah. I uh, went and picked up a Yugoslavian Mauser from uh, Jesse Heisler. Mm. You went to, you, yeah, yeah. You went to school with him. Blake yeah. went to school with him for 200 bucks. We all went to school with him. Well, yeah, but we he graduated with him. Pick that up, and uh, barely graduated with him, but we graduated shoots. with him. <laughs> and it's chambered an eight millimeter Mauser. Yeah, and I took that. You, I, let me ask you, where do you even find bullets for that? Because uh, that just sounds like something that's not made. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a make believe cartridge. No, they make it, and it's, like and sell the, it. The in actual stores? name for it is it's not an like the box is going to say eight millimeter eight millimeter Mauser, and on top of that, it's it's like eight. Eight point something by fifty three or something oh, okay, like that, okay. or fifty seven. Almost like like almost looks like an AK round, like a seven six two by thirty nine. It looks like a 
30 out six round no no no. i'm saying like the the packaging like a packaging for ak rounds is 7.62 by 39 or whatever yeah. it'll say something it'll similar say that to that and eight millimeter mauser gotcha gotcha okay but you gotta be careful because there are some variations where you can shoot the wrong thing you're gonna get your brass stuck in your barrel oh nice but uh i took that out friday mm-hmm. first time taking it out i hadn't had the gun very long I haven't even shot it one of those you know maybe if i take this you know a monster will walk out on me and you'll miss it too (laughs) hey i only missed that eight point last year because that stupid ar so anyway back to the 300 blackout uh you know you really can't and even in in argument to christian's liking guns logic not even perfect logic it's not (laughs) even close (laughs) uh perfect to me you can't beat the price range. It's a four hundred dollar, four hundred and eighty something dollar MSRP gun. You know, it's pretty affordable. It's a nice quality gun. Everything's well made. Savage is really well made guns. They've been making guns for long ever. Time. I mean, speaking of which, I picked up a Savage made uh, three or three British. The beginning of World War Two is a lease land contract that stamped U.S. property. That thing's nice. Um, another old one. Yeah, I mean they've been around forever. They're tried and true. You know, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, I shoot a Remington. I shoot a Remington. I shoot a Remington 700 BDL. That is my pride and joy." That's a 270. Isn't it? Yeah, that's my Fantastic 270. Fantastic gun. Uh, my you dad. can't beat a Model 700 Remington. Like, if you told me, pick a model, not necessarily caliber, a model rifle to hunt with for the rest of your life, it is going to be something that is a model 700. Well, I don't know the caliber. I'd probably go the 270 or 30-06, but... They have a whole set, like a matching set fully engraved. I yeah. have the 270, and my grandpa has the 243, the 30-06, and the 308 and i want them so bad but he will not let me have any of them <laughs> but it, you know that's all right but uh i'm going to get my tax stamp for my suppression permit it's got a threaded barrel on it comes threaded from the factory i'm gonna put a can on it you know predator hunt with it whenever deer hunt with it um and not even necessarily like it's that de- I don't want to do it so I can, you know, get away with it or whatever. I want to do it so I don't have to worry about my ears hurting. You know, mm-hmm. I can hunt close to the house without bothering people because, like I said, I live around people that don't believe in hunting. And I just don't want those problems in my life. So, and with, with how short that barrel is, if, like you get in a rush, let's say, and a big buck's walking across the field, middle of the rut, and not stopping, and you just happen to get in a rush and freehand out of a shooting house, but that barrel's not outside of it. Oh yeah, it's your gonna, ears are going to die. Yeah, it's it's going to rattle you pretty good, and you know, I also really like the compactness of it. It doesn't weigh anything. Right now, it's a synthetic stock, but I'm going to get a a wood stock for it. Uh, so it's going to be a nice gun. I mean, it is a nice gun already. I've got a six-hour Whiskey 3, 13-power scope on it, 14-power scope on it. I can't remember exactly. Um, 
I mean, I'm shooting a three inch group at 150 yards. I have no complaints about that. You know, that's doing everything I want it to do. Uh, one thing is, you know, shooting a three inch blackout, it's kind of like shooting a five, five, six or a two, two, three. It's a super hot round and it is traveling really, really fast. So you really want to be careful with your ballistic side. You don't want to shoot FMJs. You're going to zip right through whatever you're shooting. It's going to drop a little bit of blood. And it's going to run forever, and it might not even kill it. Uh, so that's really the only hiccup I'm running into now is finding a good hunting round for it. I found some Hornadies today that were 190 grain uh, jacketed hollow points. And uh thinking about getting those, but they were $50 a box compared to like $27 a box for a regular open tip, 140 grain. And Damn. I know once I jump up that high in grainage, I'm definitely going to have to recite my gun in because it's going to throw it way off. Um, but I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a good gun. Definitely going to take a pig hunt next summer. I'm hoping I can get Jared on a pig. Yeah. Here uh, in the coming months. Never killed a pig. So we're going to try and solve that. I need to get on that too. I was supposed to go with that, on that hunt with y'all last year in Tennessee with you and your dad. Yep. And you had a job interview you didn't even go to. No, I went to the job interview. Oh, yeah, you I didn't just take it. Job. Was that whenever you... Was I'm that Forestry service. Wow. And the job that I applied for, I think... Was it with your uncle? No, it's over there. Or, in, uh, is it your uncle or cousin that works at the forestry? Joe. Uncle. Uncle Joe? Yeah. Speaking of which, my... My, his son, my cousin, he got in trouble for hunting in the off season. We won't drop names, but but he works for the uh, he works for the sheriff's department, Uncle's County Sheriff's Department. So he kind of got a slap on the wrist, and he's got to work a week without pay. That is fantastic. <laughs> do that all the time. Then no, I'm just kidding. No, no, you shouldn't but, do that anyway. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely do it by the law. But I mean, if you can get lucky enough and get away off that, I'd say. Count your blessings and don't do it again. <laughs> oh, yeah, he <laughs> you got know. lucky. But thank God for nice game wardens. Yeah. Yes, be nice to them, too. Yeah. Always be up front with the law enforcement. Yes. Because if you're hiding something, they nine times out of ten, it. they're going to find it. Yep. And then you're going to be. Why are you hiding this from The me? whole time uh, you're yeah. going to be digging yourself a hole if you keep trying to hide what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to dive into it too much, but with recent information. They now have dogs that will find your corn if you're baiting. And, I mean, obviously a good trained dog can blind retrieve a bird so they can find a bird. But, like, being able to tell if there's corn in the pond is a pretty... That's next level. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, I guess you can train them to sniff out anything with enough, you know, teaching them smells. But to be able to tell that there's corn in the water, holy cow. That's pretty pretty advanced in my opinion. You I don't know? think they're necessarily looking for it in the water. I think they're looking for what you left on the bank. Yeah. Um, like the dust that went on the grass or like, I mean, they're not sticking their nose in the water. like Or the actual corn kernels. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Because I know I've seen people that have baited and when they do it, like, I mean, people will say you take a screen door and put it on the pond and like make it rig it up to where it'll float and then you just cover that with corn and it's a floating feed station for ducks you know so i mean obviously not all ducks dive not all ducks eat off the bottom of whatever water it is in so you'd probably run some along the bank too 
I'm assuming. I've never done it. Don't ever plan to. But, you know, they can they can find it. So, well, I know I have to worry about that. I'm not not a duck hunter. Will I get into it? Probably eventually. It's fun. So much once fun. you once you start, it's, it's hard to stop. It's hard to stop. Just because it's so action packed. If it, it's a good hunt, it's a different type of adrenaline from having, you know, your target buck step out at 25 yards, or 250 yards. Or in mine and Jarrett's case, having that big old gobbler drop out of the tree at mm-hmm. 40 yards that you can't even see. All you can hear is, yeah, you know, and then he starts firing off. That is a whole different adrenaline rush in itself. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't say it's like skydiving. It's a higher action still hunting. There's yes. a, and and that's what I, I like about it is because you you get to shoot a lot more. I like shooting guns. Don't we all? Yeah. So being able to just shoot more than once or twice you know you just bow, 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 bow. and it's less impactful yeah. you know yeah. you, you got to wear camo you know you got to be still when they fly over because they will see you you know uh yeah. but you definitely you you, there's a, there's a lot, lot more cutting up you know you can have yeah. a, a lot you know laughing and carrying on you know and they're not uh once you start shooting at a group, sometimes the rest of them will f- turn, you know, come back around. And if there, is, you know, if, if there is a rest of them, uh, they'll <laughs> come back around and try again, and you can get a second chance. You know, with deer, shoot them with a rifle. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, they're not coming back that day. You know, sometimes I personally have shot deer, and the rest of them just stood there, and they're like. Mm-hmm. What just happened? Your problem? Yeah, it's like last year when I killed that six point on opening day. There was four other bucks out there. One of them ran off, and the other three were looking at that one like, "Dude, why are you laying down?" Yeah, yep, yeah. No, it's uh, I mean, I've I've shot at deer, and some of them will stay, some of them run off a little bit, whatever. But I mean, with ducks, I feel like ducks fly better while you're shooting, like. Like when the first group comes in and you start shooting, you better get ready because there's more coming. It's weird. I don't know what it is, but I feel like once the shooting starts, it just gets better. It gets hotter, gets heavier, you know. But that might just be me, but I feel like it is. Me and Jared have yet to be duck hunting together. we got to change that. Yes, we do. Uh, If we could just, which hopefully with this rain we're getting this weekend, it'll raise the rivers a little bit. But I know we need it. Yeah, because these damn rivers are low. And I do not like driving when it's low at all. I mean, you can probably walk most of the other river. Yes. And you can walk all a shoal probably. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, even when the river's where it's supposed to be, that little yellow where we're at. It's still know, sketchy. You can walk a bunch of it. You can walk up yeah. and down a good ways. Yeah. Yeah, even when the river is quote-unquote high, there's still spots where you can see under you while you're driving. So, I mean, it's – there's no joke. You just got to be careful. But trying to find good spots on our rivers down here, for some reason the ducks don't really like rivers around here. I mean, I know there's spots like we got buddies that killed a pile of them last week – or not last week, Thanksgiving week. But it's just certain spots. You got to find – you got to find basically what looks like a private swamp and hunt that. You know, you Which, can't just – yeah, you can't just say, oh, that looks good because it's probably not going to produce, to be 100% honest. You know, 
we're so we're so low in the water table too like there's so many uh flooded swamps that just hold water all year you know there's moss there's acorns mm. there's deer apples you know there's all kinds of things that ducks will eat that they don't have to fly to the river for yeah kind of the same thing we was talking about last time you know those those boys up in arkansas are planting crops that will last through those harsh winters mm-hmm. so they don't have any reason to go anywhere uh you know they'll, they'll sit they'll have their five or six ponds they'll circulate from and that's their that's their tracks and they'll just follow that track over and over and over and over again they'll have the roost ponds they'll have their you know middle of the day ponds i couldn't tell you how many times i've been fishing during duck season and you know have a have a hot day you know go yeah. fishing you know while you're while you're waiting to get back in the in the in the blind go shoot deer or you know just hanging out waiting to go hit the water again tomorrow yeah uh you know you walk by a pond and look down in a field and see a whole bunch of wood is just floating there in broad mm-hmm. daylight and yeah i mean i've even down there at my grandparents on uh he murder creek runs through my granddad's property and i've even ran ducks out of the creek yeah i mean not just one or two like 10 12 of them fly Ooh, off yeah yeah i mean if even if it's not much of a creek, if they've got enough water to swim and they've got a good hole where they can come in and land and be able to get up easy, they'll land in it, you know, yeah. if there's enough water yeah, there. that's what I've always heard with wood ducks is, like, they will land in very minimal water because wood ducks feed a lot on the banks. So they don't even really eat a lot in the water. They get out of the water, go eat, and then come back down, you know, and swim around, do whatever. But... um. I mean, some of the best duck hunt I've ever seen. Like, I think me and Jack were talking about it at work. He said he watched a video of a dude just going down this creek and just killed a pile of birds, you know. And, I mean, it's it's crazy what you can kill them in, you know. But I mean, he ran them out of his little itty-bitty pond no bigger than a quarter of the room we're in right now. Yeah. And it's knee-deep. The whole thing's knee-deep. Yeah. Yeah, you might get into duck hunting sooner than you thought. And we're... In the process of rebuilding a pond that used to be there, the dam broke out on. It's yeah. spring fed. Dude, I'm telling you right now, once water's back in that thing, it's going to be nice. Which one? The pond he's talking oh, about. Yeah. There's like big oaks. That big are like, oaks and pine trees. Not even that. They're like in the middle of the pond, and there's a big mound of dirt where the, the oaks sit, mm-hmm. and it's out in the middle of the pond. Interesting. You get it, bro. Getting a John boat. I mean, or even when there's, you know, when the water's coming up. You know what? You can bank hunt the whole thing. Oh, yeah. When the water's coming up, you know, you can still get across in waders. You get a sit at the base of that oak Mm -hmm. tree. In the old. Be beautiful. In the old Drake bottomlands. Drake, sponsor us. Uh, That'd be nice. That would be nice. Uh, Even though I have banded (laughs) waders. I got Drake waders. Anyway. I got off the wall, random frog dogs. Those no, are good not, not even frog dogs. Just some cheap old Amazon waders. Nice neoprene keep you warm. Uh, probably some Tideweeds or whatever. That's dude, what we have at work, dude. Yeah. I, I sweat in mine. Dude, mine are so insulated. Like when me and Dad were in North Carolina mm. for his birthday, it was twenty-two degrees. I had a pair of uh, long johns on and shorts. 
a t-shirt and a hoodie and my big drake jacket and my waders and i was hot damn i was i was in a hoodie and my waders by like it gets daylight up there like eight o'clock by like nine forty five. i was stripping clothes and it was like 35 degrees jeez i was so hot in those waders which is i guess a good thing it's a good thing and a bad thing you know because when Cause you we get out, hunting in those frozen right you know but when you snowy. get when you get out and go kit you know pick your birds up or you're walking through a swamp to the hole or whatever or you're throwing decoys you know having really hot waders you get out of breath you're sweaty you're mm-hmm. uncomfortable you know the waders are heavy especially when you get knee-deep mud it's just and when they get full of water it just gets worse mm-hmm. you know if you trip on a stump or step in a beaver hole or just trip in general you know because it's easy to trip in boots and walk through the water especially when you can't see in your only use of navigation is a flashlight you know um so having having heavy hot well insulated waders is a blessing and a curse but i'd almost rather be a little cold than a little hot you know what i mean uh I hate being hot. Me too. I hate it. We should all move to Antarctica. Down. <laughs> it's like walking to the deer stand over opening weekend. I wear a full jumpsuit. It's got a uh, fleece. And it's, it's like it's 90 two, degrees. It's a two-layer jumpsuit. And it's uh, inside's quilted fleece. And the outside's just like canvas material. I don't even zip the thing up. And I tie... And I pull the uh, pull it off my shoulders and tie the uh, arms around my waist when I'm walking in. It just gets so hot walking in. Mm-hmm. All the way, all the way, all the way through bow season, except for one morning, I wore my little Drake fleece jacket and just you know my regular hunting pants. I think there was one morning that I actually put like a. Like a thicker long sleeve shirt, like a cotton long sleeve shirt, and my hoodie. I never wore anything was, more than a hoodie. I think there was one season. day during both season, it was like 40 something. Because 40. I, I need to find me a good big jacket. The one I've got is nice, but it's. I can't wear it bow hunting. Um, it's, it's too bulky. It makes too much noise. And then my Drake jacket that I have, it's that standard, like, silky top with fuzzy bottom. Duck skin stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's way too loud <laughs> to be bow hunting in. So. I need to find me a good Drake. I really like your big Drake jacket, so I might try to get me one of them. But damn, they're expensive. Two hundred ninety-nine dollars, but it's a double jacket, and then the inner and vest and the inner jacket. The sleeves zip off to turn into a vest, so it is really versatile, super nice, and yeah. super comfortable. Um, and when you buy it, it comes with a neck gaiter, and it's got a hood on it. It's full zip. It's got like twelve pockets on the front. Yeah. It's got a D loop on the side, on the left side, so you can hook decoys or whatever to it and drag them so you don't have to carry them. It is super nice. Drake covered all the bases. And I'm sure there's another duck jacket out there that has all those same things, but I'm just a I'm a Drake fanboy. I just that was my first set of nice camo that I had. You know, I've got a Drake gun case. I've got a full Drake camo set. I've got a big Drake jacket. I got Drake waders. Um, I've got a bunch of Drake stuff. 
here I am hunting with no name brand anything. All the that, camouflage. That old school camo. All the camouflage I wear is old military surplus and camouflage. That, that's what this whole thing is based off of. Mm-hmm. You know, regular people hunting with what they got. Hunting with what we like. Yes. Yeah. You know, hunt comfortable, hunt with what you want. Like, I'm not going to say that you can't hunt with me or that you don't know what hunting is or how to hunt based off what camo you wear. I'm going to do it by what's on your wall. I'm going to do it by the stories you have to tell and the way you carry yourself in hunting atmospheres. You know, if you're, man, I didn't see one sitting this afternoon. Let me go spotlight one. I know where they're at. You're not going to fit in with the way I hunt. And you're don't not want gonna, nothing to you do know, with yeah, you. Don't want. I don't want to be around you. If you can't do it legally and you don't respect what you're doing and the game that you're chasing, this isn't for you. And I, I don't want to be a part of it. You may be a great person, but I don't want to be a part of the way you hunt. You know, I'm real big on doing it right, respect the game. Like, you know, the respect that I have, and, and that's what I wish people would understand. And I think I've said this before on the podcast is. You know, people think that hunters are bad because, you know, well, you're killing an animal, you're taking the life, blah, blah, blah. Hunters, I promise you, have more respect and more love for the animals. Conservationist is a better word. Yes, than hunters. Uh, a conservationist is really the more, I would say, correct and a better term for a hunter. Um, and, and that's the other thing is like when animals are unchecked, you get a very bad, you know, unbalanced population and an unbalanced food system and a, and a circle of life, you know. Like coyotes and pigs. Yes, exactly. You know, and, and like you look at like Seek One, they're a great example of, of how that benefits up there. They're killing deer, harvesting deer in the suburbs of Atlanta or suburbs wherever they're hunting. Well, deer can cause a lot of damage to vehicles. Kill, you know, they can kill people if you hit them just right or something. Yeah. And you know, it's it's just good to to do conservation, you know. And and with conservation comes respect for what you're hunting, you know. Um, it's not a, you know, I hate, I don't hate it, but like when people say hunting's a sport, like to what extent, you know? To yes, it's physically. And what you're hunting. Yes, you know. And I'm just not, like, I don't kill for sport. Like, if you're one of those people who go over to Africa and shoot exotic animals, that's a sport. Yes. And I'm, you know, there's certain... I'm not knocking you for doing that. Yeah, there's certain ones that I I would harvest, like a buffalo or a wildebeest, stuff like that. But these people that are, like, killing, like, giraffes or zebras. zebras. Yeah, stuff like that. And, you know, the farthest I'd probably go is an elephant, you know, but... I'm not killing a zebra. I'm not killing a lion. I'm not killing all that stuff. You know, like I just don't see the fun in it. You know, I don't see those as game animals. I see those as God made a beautiful animal and we shouldn't kill them. You know, now the backside of that is I know that the people that kill them, all that meat is going to villages that, that need it. So I know it's going to a good cause. I just can't get behind harvesting those animals i would rather the locals that guide those hunts they go kill them if they need to and give the meat away or whatever the case is you know i'd rather it be done by locals and and in country people you know see that's my biggest not some rich person or doctor or something from over here that just saw hunting and was like oh that looks cool let me go to africa and spend 
I know people, like, I've heard of people that spent, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars on a month-long hunt to harvest, like, 15 different species. It's like, where's the, what, what, why is that fun or, you know, sought after, you know? And, two, like, you don't even have to go to Africa to kill half of them. You just go to Texas. You know, they've imported so many now. And speaking of guided hunts, I uh, went to school with a, with a, a buddy of mine two years below me. Uh, Jack, you might know him, Dylan. Mm. His dad does guided hunts all across the United States over there oh, for Cabela's. Wallace. Sky? You know the Wallaces. Remember Maybe Damien not. Wallace? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His, His dad. dad. Oh, Sky okay. Wallace. He uh, he does guided hunts, and he's talking about the amount of money these people spend to hunt and with the way their system works is you can't just go out and say, I want to kill a bear this year. You have to buy in every year yeah. and you get enough points yeah. to cash in on certain hunts. Hmm. Like a bear hunt, a grizzly bear hunt, one once in a lifetime hunt. If you get drawn and this, and you're years in the making for this. Yeah. If you get drawn, you got to go. Yeah. If you don't go, you're done. You, you can, you can never get another chance. Hmm. With, that's the way, with, with, with the way they work, yeah, and yeah. it's, I mean, that is that's different. Hundred grand, but I, yeah. But I will say that's crazy. That right there is crazy. But I will say, like, even just regular guided hunts, and this is kind of something that I'm torn on. Um, is guided hunts are a necessity because some people that want to get into hunting need a little bit of help, you know. And I will never knock somebody for going on a guided hunt. I want to go on guided hunts. You know, I want to go do a guided archery hunt here or there, wherever it is, you know. But, like, I'll take elk, for instance. Elk is very hard to to get. Very hard to get drawn for. Very hard to get tags. Um, And the cheapest I've ever seen to do an elk hunt anywhere was $7,500. Almost eight grand. We'll just say eight grand by the time you buy gas or fuel, whatever you got to do to get there, plane ticket, whatever it is. You're eight grand to go do this hunt at a minimum just to go kill one animal. The problem I have with that is that, yes, I am unexperienced. I've never hunted elk before in my life. But if it was easier to get the tag and easier to get drawn for and there was more public land, you could go and say, hey, I want to try to go kill an elk this year. Let me see if I can go get a tag. You get the tag, you get your license for that state, whatever the case is, and then you learn it on your own. But it's so hard to do, and, and yes, there's still a good bit of public land, but like I feel like guided hunting has kind of hurt on being able to, I guess the DIY guys that want to try to do it themselves, it's kind of hurt that side of the hunting. You know, the guys that have hunted for a long time, they do shoot, they, you know, bow hunt, whatever it is, you know. And now the only opportunity you have or the best opportunity to harvest a deer or elk or whatever it is, you got to pay a lot of money, you know, unless you want to really grind it out. You know, you've got to pay buku's amounts of money. And my thought is, why does it cost two grand to go kill a whitetail? I understand there's a lot of work into it. I know because I do it. I plant the food plots. I run the camera. I do everything, you know. I understand the work that's behind it. I understand why you may need to charge, but Plus in it's my a business, opinion, they got to make money. Yes, absolutely. You know, you got, you know, 
electric bill, water, whatever appliances, you know, all that stuff at the camp and this and that, you know, I get it. But at the same time, it's like, why it does it have to cost so much to try to. Yeah. An $800 lodging fee or a thousand dollar lodging fee, you know, for three days, you know, to come. And I will say a lot of the, especially that hog trip me and dad went to in Chattanooga, you know, it was, uh, the food was great. The lodging was great. People were friendly. You know, are they truly being friendly with you because out of the kindness of their hearts or because they know you got money in your pocket? Who knows? I guess it just comes with who you with who you go with. But uh Oh, dang. I just like completely blanked. Lodging. Expensive. It's really uh, to me, it's just kind of ridiculous. Like, why do I have to pay you a grand for three days mm-hmm. just to give me a bed to sleep? A bed and some meals. Like, and I understand that nine times out of ten, like, you're lodging. And Hunter could, if I can get Hunter on another podcast, he can really dive into it. Because, you know, they used to do guided hunts in Alabama. But, like, I understand that they want to be five-star. And that comes with everything. The accommodations, the food, everything. But I tell you right now, you give me a twin size bed with a pillow and a blanket, and you cook me biscuit and gravy for breakfast, make me a sandwich for lunch, and cook me a roast for supper or something, something cheap and easy. Tacos, I don't care. I will be happy. Heck, you can t- you can make me cook. I love cooking. We're there for the hunt. We're not there. Yeah, we're not there for the lodging. For, yeah. You know, it does add on to the experience. Yes, and a lot of I really wish guides would make it more about the experience, about the actual chase. You know, like these fishing trips I go on, I do it for not even for the chase of the fish, but for the, you know, you're floating down a river in a raft and you look up and you're just in this big valley with, you know, mountains with snow on top of it, you know, and there's geese flying over and, you're in nature. You're just living life the way it's, to me, supposed to be lived. You know, the, I'd much rather be looking down a huge valley, seeing a seeing a waterfall like four miles away and hearing an elk bugle than I would ever want to look down Main Street in New York City or wherever. You know, I would just much rather be in the silence of I guess earth than the noises of life. It's like I told Jarrett last time I was on, you can't beat sitting in the in the stand and listening to the world come alive around you. You can't yep. you just can't you can't beat it. And that's the same thing applies with what I was talking about earlier, that adrenaline rush when a turkey drops out of the tree. Or when you're sitting in the blind, the sun starts coming up, you start hearing the wood ducks flying, you know, or you you hear them fly right over you. And it's just for shooting light. And you can just see a, little, a couple of silhouettes fly, you know. Uh, That's why I still, to this day, one of my favorite hunts was that one me and Jack did last year. Where, <clears throat> the one I was talking about where they shot that doe with a 270. We were sitting in this blind. It was, when was it? Like, in the year. I don't really remember. Was it in December or January? December? Yeah. Anyway, it was cold. It was the middle of December, I'm pretty sure or late December something. And 
It wasn't around Christmas because it's always hot on Christmas around yeah. here. So it was cold, not fall time or springtime, nothing. We had deer, we heard turkeys gobbling, we heard wood ducks, and we heard a beaver. So we had multiple different species just all morning going at it. And to me, that was probably more fun. I didn't even shoot a deer. Didn't kill anything. And that was pro- it's probably the best deer hunt I've ever been on just because it had all those factors in it. I wish everyone walking this earth right now could experience a brisk 65-degree morning opening day of turkey season and that first gobble hammers off through the pines because that right there is one of the best feelings in the world. One of the best feelings in the world. And, and I know I know Christian is big on bird hunting, you know, but until you hear that that just old Tom just raspy angry bird fire off, you know, right as the sun's starting to come up you know the sky's just starting to turn like that yellowish color and it's still blue you still see a few stars and you just hear that first you know you just there's just no other feeling like it yeah everyone everyone needs to experience a good old doe turning and looking at them and yeah, they need to no, experience get that too. Blood boiling. Oh, yeah, yeah, you want to talk about mad? <laughs> yeah, um, but no, like I, multiple times. Um, I remember one time. I think it was last year. Me and my buddy Callen, he, um, he's got uh, a good piece of property in Laurel Hill, and we turkey hunt every year. We've been doing it probably three years now, and uh, we got we got a little bit of a late start. We were shutting the truck doors about the time they start gobbling, and I walked about. 80 yards in front of the truck and hit my hooter and three of them busted off in all different directions and i looked at him and i was like i don't know what to do i don't know which bird i want to go chase you know and uh we hit it a couple more times and there was one of them that sounded really good and just consistently was hitting and he sounded a little bit closer and so we took off after him and unfortunately didn't get him but it was still an amazing hunt um we got to see him but he just got hinned up and didn't want to play with us so we uh, didn't get to get him but man i just if i go the rest of my life without killing a turkey and only being able to call them for people or hear them or see them i will be content with that i will be okay with it i love turkey hunting that much and unlike last year or this past season i got my buddy justin rosen um we all know him and uh, i got him his first turkey called it in for him that hunt lasted three minutes three and a half minutes actually i have it on video from the time that bird hit the ground to the time he was face down in the dirt three and a half minutes he flew down hit the ground started strutting and he was probably 40 yards from us, and he just eased into the decoy. And right before he got to the decoy, I told Justin, I said, as soon as you get the chance, put it at the base of his neck and let it eat. And he did. It hit the dirt. That was pro- That is probably one of the most fun turkey hunts I've ever been on. And I didn't, again, didn't even get to shoot anything. That's what I'm saying. Like, if I go the rest of my life without killing one, but can I keep doing that, I'll be happy. 
That's how turkey hunting is. Turkey hunting is hunting. I think every hunter should do. If you don't turkey hunt, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> you know, I will say it's a lot of walking and for my big ass, it gets tiring, but it is fun and worth it. I love, I love turkey hunting. And during the spring, that's like all I, all I do. I could care less about catching a large mouth off a of bed. None of that. I want to kill turkeys and hunt turkeys. That's it. Jack p- could probably say no. We'll turkey hunt in the morning, go catch bass afterwards. But I, I mean, I, I love springtime bass fishing, but that's just what I grew up on. You know, my dad was, he was in the BASS track. You know, he fished tournaments ever since he was young. I've never personally fished tournaments, but you know, I, I never really wanted to get into the stressful side of it. I really just like, I like chasing anything on my own time. I don't like being timed. I don't like being judged. I don't like, it's just not my thing. Well, it's like what y'all talked about uh, on the last episode with your dad and how back in the day when he was hunting, you know, everybody would kind of gather up before a hunt and you had that sort of camaraderie and you just don't have that a whole lot anymore. Nope. People get to their groups and they, they get to their oh you don't have shit kid gear or you're you're not this you're not that and it doesn't come down to what you use yeah and it's all a competition too you know it's who who can post the bigger bigger bird who can post the bigger pile pick who can post the bigger bass all that stuff like I understand like we want to hunt the trophies and we want to hunt mature animals but at the end of the day again as long as you're doing it for the right reason and you're having fun and you're enjoying it that's all that matters i could care less if you kill one duck or 100 ducks i could care less if you kill a three inch bearded turkey or a 13 inch bearded turkey does not matter it will not change the way i congratulate you any different other than hey congrats on killing this bird or hey congrats on killing this possibly once in a lifetime bird or That's it. That's the only difference. Or you go hunting and you come up empty-handed. Yep. Did you have fun? Oh, yep. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's what matters, you know. It It's not all about the the post and the pictures and what you can make of it, you know. Obviously, in, in the industry that I'm trying to get in with, with the AYA and what we're trying to build, obviously that's a key part of it because people want to see the YouTube videos of you killing those big birds or catching those big bass or whatever the case is. But at the end of the day... And I think um, if you haven't watched Seek One's video about Kimbo, I think that's a really good video for anybody to watch. One of their best to me. Yes. It is an hour long, so it is a longer episode, but it is an amazing episode. Um, Lee talks heavily about um, doesn't know if there's a time in the future where he will give up filming. But he said that if that time comes and he is perfectly content with never posting another picture of a deer that he has on camera that he's killed anything. He is a hundred percent content with never, ever letting someone know the next deer he kills because he just, he knows that at the end of the day, that's not what it's about. Like he, he knows that like they're, you know, they have a mission and like what they're trying to do and like help and, and do everything. But at the end of the day, it's like, if it gets to where I'm hunting by myself again, no cameras, no posts, no social media, no nothing. 
he said i will be 100 percent okay with it and i'll love these animals just the same you know and i think that's what everybody's mindset should be whether you're the top dog in the hunting industry or just starting out like we are either way you have to have it in the back of your mind that if this ever goes away to still love it just as much and still do it just as much you know um i i can't say that social media is bad for hunting and all that because i'm trying to use it but i think it's not used in the right way you know and uh, i mentioned it last week on the podcast in that you know i saw that picture of those kids that killed all those ducks first time ever hunting and they killed a pile of ducks and people are bashing them just because the way they look and because they're younger and this and that and they all they haven't been hunting that long they're in our spot you know that it's public land a spot's a spot I don't care if it's got a sign on it that says, hey, this is Ricky's spot. It ain't your property. I will go in there and hunt it if I know there's birds in there and I get there before you. That's what I, you know, that's another thing I don't like about fishing down here. We're one of the top fishing spots on the planet. And, you know, you go up like to Yellow River and you're talking to these older guys and you're like, oh, yeah, man, I seen you caught, you know, a five pounder off of Yellow River the other day. You know, where was you, uh, where was he fishing at? Oh, man, that's none of your business. Okay, well, I mean, I, I don't really know how you want me to respond to that. It's, just, it's it's public land. If I go down there and catch that fish again, I mean, what's the difference? You yeah. know, If you chose to put it back in that river, you have chose or chosen to give it up as free game to whoever happens to come by and, you know, be lucky enough to catch it. And what they choose to do with it is up to them. Or, like you said, duck hunting. People are so scared of letting people know their spots, you know. Or know what duck call they're using or know what turkey call they're using. Because they think they've got it all figured out. Like, hunting is about camaraderie. And you should want to see... Other the people, people succeed in, the, the people in your community you know there's selfish people and there's always gonna be greed has always been in the conversation always but you should always want to see the people around you you know catch that 10 pounder kill that you know big mass monster slick eight that they've been seeing for the past three years or you know kill that 10 inch beard it's just you, you people need to let go like in my opinion people need to let go of put your pride aside being so secretive of what they've got going on yeah. and it's not even that i'm like trying to be nosy you know it's just like maybe i'm not asking you where you killed you know a six-man limit the other day because well, it's like, oh what what did you catch that that bass on yeah where were uh, you throwing secret lure it's not even that i'm trying to be all up in your business it's like maybe i want to take my you know, Langston, my six-year-old cousin. Maybe I want to take him out and shoot his first duck, or maybe I want to take him out and catch a nice bass. Yeah. You know, or just strike up a conversation with you. Yeah, maybe yeah, I just yeah. want to, you know, talk to you. Maybe I don't even like fishing. You know, you don't even know me that good. Yep. But people really just get too caught up with I, being the best of the best. I really hate it when they do it on do it on private land oh where'd you kill that deer and i know they killed it on private land i just don't know exactly where like oh wow is that a laurel hill deer nah, i can't tell you and i'm like well the deer's already dead i don't know what, yeah know. why because you think i'm gonna poach or try to get hunting permission next to you i've got my own hunting land what i what i need yours for you know right that's that's my thing and, and like 
I do know that sometimes you can share information and some people will use it in the wrong way and they will try to get close to you. I've had it happen, but it's fair game though. It is. I can't until I put a 10 foot high fence up on my property. I cannot stop that deer from walking in front of you and not me. That's just part of it. That is why we call it free range hunting. If I, if I wanted to keep all of my deer to myself and never let anybody else shoot them, I would put a 10-foot high fence around my property. The biggest deer I ever had on camera, I named him Gypsy. He was a big, slick 10, and he was a nice, nice Florida deer. Chocolate tines, ivory tips. You know, the average dream buck. buck. You know what I mean? Big, big heavy horns. Uh, big big Roman, racks, like Big Roman. Yeah, big Roman nose, you know, old I mean, buck. He's filled out. Right. He yeah. is as big as he's going like to be. When you picture a deer to take off a piece of property, it's this one. You know, just your your ideal mature buck. Old, gray, smart, hard to, hard to pattern. You know, I was still in high school. I was going to school one day, and my cousin Cameron texted me and said hey next door neighbor i think he killed your buck and i texted him and asked him and he said yes he sent me pictures and you know i confirmed that it was my buck and i couldn't do anything was i you know sad that i didn't get my chance with the deer yeah of course you know but i couldn't do anything but congratulate him like that is a nice buck and now that i realize that i've seen him multiple times I still want to see. I want to hold that deer's rack in my hands and just see how big he really was. Because all I had was pictures, you know. I never saw him in person. Never had any kind of encounter with him. All I had was nighttime pictures. I had one daytime picture of him. Thanksgiving Day at two o'clock, he was in there for thirty-five minutes, and I didn't hunt there. I was two hundred yards away from that spot, hunting a different spot, facing the other way. And uh, that's what that's one of the biggest things I love about deer hunting is when you find an old mature buck, or I mean even an old mature doe. You know, if you ain't got no bucks and you're like I'm gonna you know I'm gonna chase this this doe, which you know most people aren't gonna do, but you might have an old doe with a with a busted leg. She might have got hit by a car or stepped in a hole and broke it or something. Those old mature deer are smart. They, they're old for a reason. They check the wind, you know. They're listening. They're watching. They're watching the other deer. You know, they're skittish. Uh, they didn't get old by being stupid. They didn't get big by being stupid. Uh, and I think really, even with even with old turkeys, you know, you hit them with that same call over and over and over again. They learn it. They learn it. And if they if they get even the slightest hint that they're like, uh, that sounds familiar. I don't really know how I feel about that. Yep. You won't ever get your eyes on it. Yep. You won't see that bird. You won't get close enough. Bass are a little bit more forgiving, especially on bed. You know, you can you can throw the same thing in there and get it get it agitated. Oh, dude, I'll, yeah, that's how I call that ten and a half. Was I threw a hundred uh, times in a row on it? Not really. It was like eight. No, but. you scooped it up with a bucket of the excavator. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> duck, duck hunting is a lot more forgiving than that, you know. Uh, 
you never hear anyone oh yeah i shot this wood dog the other day man that thing was just about the end of its life i've never heard of someone killing old wood duck i don't even know what one looks like to be honest with you yeah i don't know how to tell that i know on like those speck speckles or speckle belly geese that we killed um the way you tell them is like the white above their beak like how far up their head it runs if it's really really white on their head it's an old speckle belly um so i mean there's ways but yeah that's the thing is like i don't know it's just it's free range I mean, you can't, like, if someone asked me, oh, where did you get that picture of that book? I would tell them, 200 yards behind my house or here or here or whatever. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm going to hunt it hard. If you would like to try to, if you can get permission near me or something, be my guest. But, I, I you know, just like Jack said, like, you can't do anything but congratulate people if they do kill one. You know, especially one that you've seen or had on camera, you know. Like, I had the biggest buck I've ever had on camera killed by a neighbor, just like you did. Yep. Nothing I can do. He was in there at the right time, and that deer was moving where he wanted to move. That's just part of it. Right place at the right time? Yep. You know, I mean, it's – that's why it's it's called hunting and not killing for a reason, you know. So, I just – I've I'm a jack, though. I can't stand the people that are just trying to be so secretive about it, like – if someone asks me, well, man, what'd you do to, to kill all them ducks? Like what call I will give you all the information I can. If you I'll think I you can, a, I'll send you a link to where I bought the call from. Yeah. If you think my knowledge can help you, I will help you out because, and, and this all comes back around kind of to the, the, the whole background of the AYA is like, like I don't, it, it, let's just say AYA just absolutely blows up and it's the next big thing which i hope it is i hope it does good this is i I really and truly want it to but let's say it just blows up and it is the biggest baddest thing it's it's the trend we'll say you know and uh people message me or do whatever i will not be that guy that has made a name for himself and thinks he's too good to text people or answer people or respond to people I will run my own social medias. I will respond to messages as much as I can. And I will be friendly and talk to people. I'm not going to be that person that seems like, oh, I'm better than you. I'm higher and mighty. Nope. I don't care. Because at the blink of an eye, it can all be taken away. You can lose it all. You know? And I think it's just something that, like, has always irked me a little bit. Because, like, if I'm smart in a category or i'm i i know a lot about something it's not fair to withhold that information like i don't believe in you got to do it yourself and or i mean to an extent i don't believe that you just are on your own and you can't get help otherwise people wouldn't do guitar lessons on youtube they wouldn't teach you how to make knives they wouldn't teach you how to clean do guns clean guns shoot guns they wouldn't teach you how to you know learn how to do woodworking like we wouldn't have teachers. We wouldn't go to school if it was if we were not meant to share knowledge that we have, you know. So why is it any different in the hunting world or the fishing world or anything like that? Like, if you're knowledge in something, if you know stuff, share it with people, you know. And I know some people do like like they have lessons like they'll make online or something, and it's like, oh well, you got to charge, you know, pay fourteen ninety nine a month. I don't agree with that either. If you have knowledge 
knowledge is free you can always learn so just share it you know don't be that selfish person that thinks oh well you know i'm the only person that's killed a 400 inch elk i'm not gonna tell anybody how i ever did it i'm not gonna tell anybody because honest to god i'm a firm believer that about 80 percent of hunting and fishing is luck there is luck divine intervention yes right time right place luck you cannot tell me that there is anything that makes a deer eat while you're in the stand for three hours in the morning or afternoon there's no reason yeah you have food there but they could eat an hour before you're there and an hour after you leave there's nothing you can do a hundred percent in your control to make them do whatever you want them to unless of course you have them in high fence and you haven't trained but that's why you're hunting wild game yeah you know you could be sitting in you'd be sitting in in a spot you know and have your deer pattern they're coming in you know 4 15 every thursday afternoon you know and there's the same three does and the same two bucks that come in every thursday like clockwork you could be sitting there waiting on them and they come in they don't even know you're there you got a good wind blah 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 you know and the and the weather is projecting to say the same wind for the next four days and if that wind switches for three seconds you're caught yeah and the whole thing's thrown off and it's just out of nowhere it could be flipped on you in a split second uh but really truthfully i really wish people would just be more open not even open more just friendly like if jared were let's say hunting open back up tomorrow Jarrett went out, killed the biggest buck of his life. I would be over the moon yeah. for him. 